today on Kingdom Rock Radio. He has a unique opportunity to see God in another way that he's never seen before. When pressure comes to you, when an impossible situation comes to you, you then have a unique opportunity to see another side of God. You have a unique opportunity that is not present in any other in any other moment. When you're at your lowest, when you're on the bottom, when you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, when you're licking the bottom of the barrel, when there's nothing else there, when the car is running on fumes of fumes of fumes, you have a unique opportunity to see God in a way that you've never seen him before. On today's broadcast, you're going to hear part number seven of the series entitled The Golden Compass. This is the final part of the series. Boy, did we have a great time. Well, today's message is entitled The Storm Walker. We're going to see how we can do the impossible with Jesus Christ. All things are possible to our God. We give him praise today. And I thank you once again for joining me. All right, without any further ado, here comes the message entitled The Storm Walker, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right, let's go today to the book of Matthew, Matthew the 14th chapter for the brief time that we have here this morning. Matthew the 14th chapter, yes, we're reading today out of the King James, Matthew the 14th chapter. And we're going to continue in the broad uh, subject or the series, should I say, entitled The Golden Compass. And I believe today will be the final, uh, will be the final part in that series, although I thought that that was true on last week. So we'll just have to see today. We're going back to the same account there as the Lord continues to pull me back into the exact same account this time we're not investigating Mark. We're here now in the book of Matthew, Matthew, the 14th chapter, verse number 22. When you get that, say, I got it. I got it. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus name for this opportunity to bring forth your word. Lord, we thank you that uh, you are here. We thank you that the teacher is here, is present. And we ask you, Lord, to teach us, open up our hearts and our minds that we may be open and receptive to hear what you have to say. We thank you today, Father, for it all. In Jesus' name, let all those that agree say amen. amen. All right, Matthew 14. Everybody good? Everybody good? All right, Matthew 14 of the King James Version, verse number 22. And it says this, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitude away, multitudes away. Verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, uh, he went up into a mountain apart to do what? To pray. And when evening uh, was come, he was there, what? He was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Somebody give me a scary cry like somebody's tearing, terrifying you. Okay. That was a scary cry. 
I guess some of you must have seen um, a poodle or something. I don't know with, with what you just did. All right. Uh, they cried out for fear. Let's try it again. One, two, three. All right. That, that may have been a German shepherd. Okay, we'll stop right there. They cried out for fear. Verse 27. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying what? Everybody come and help me. What? Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, uh, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, oh, come on, let's say it like we know it's there. Ready? There we go. There we go. That's a panic situation, isn't it? Lord, save me. And what happened? And immediately, immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, what? O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, what happened to the wind? It ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying, everybody, of a truth, thou art the son of God. Wow. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise for that wonderful word. Amen. I just love the word of the Lord. Just love it. Just love it. Just love it. Just love it. I used to say I could take some A1 sauce and just pour it all on this Bible and eat it up. But you know, it's so good. I don't even need any sauce. Isn't that something? Don't even need it. I don't even need in a hot sauce. It's good. It's a good book. Amen. Good word. All right. Let's see a few things here. And then we're going to uh, go on. I want you to notice something. You know that the Lord told the disciples, get into the ship, get into the boat and go over to the other side. That's your assignment. That's your assignment. And we know from reading this for the last few weeks, we know that that was a very difficult task. Wasn't that right? It would almost seem that it was impossible. And if Jesus had not come to them, it is very doubtful that they would have ever gotten off of that boat. They would have struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled and stayed in the same situation. And we were seeing maybe their bones in the ship coastal to the other side eventually. But maybe they would have said, oh, forget it, and we're going to go back and just walk around to the other side of the lake. I don't know. But we see that this was somewhat of an impossible situation. So the question would be, does God ask his people to do impossible things? Does he ask his people to do impossible things? Will God tell you to do something that looks to be impossible? Uh-huh. And people would say, it's just too hard, Lord. I just can't do it. Will he ask you to do something that is impossible? The question, the answer is absolutely yes. But here's the key. He never intends for you to do the impossible without him. That is the key. That is the key. And we can be frustrated on the lake, frustrating on the, on the lake of our lives, just toiling and rowing, and we're doing that without him. It's time, it comes time for us to put down our oars and say, all right, Lord, you got to do something about this. 
And if I drift back to where I came from, then I drift back. But I'm expecting you to come and to save me and deliver me out of this thing. Or you're expecting the Lord to give you a word that you would declare to the psalm, declare to the situation that it would cease, that you can continue on the journey that he has prepared for you. But again, will God tell you to do something that is impossible to do? Absolutely, yes. But the key is that he never intends for you to do it alone. Let me give you some impossible or seemingly impossible situations or commands. Some seemingly impossible commands. And you can write this down in John the 8th chapter, John 8, verses 10 through 11. Here's a woman that is called in the act of adultery, caught in the very act of adultery. And they catch her and they bring her to Jesus and they begin to accuse her. In verse number 10, when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, as you can read the entire case there, saw none but the one woman, he said unto the woman, where are those thine accusers? Have no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said to her, here comes an impossible thing. What did Jesus say to her? He says, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. What? Go. Don't sin. Lord, is that, is that possible for me to do? I walked down the street and I saw somebody. Oh, Lord, I just sinned again. Oh, I just lusted, lusted. Lord, 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 Lord. Oh, I did it again. I did it again. I did it again. He says, go sin no more. Don't sin. Doesn't that sound like an impossible command? But notice what he gave her before he gave that command. He said, Neither do I condemn you. He gave her the gift of no condemnation, which would indeed make it possible for her to sin, sin no more. Because the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. In Romans, the sixth chapter, verse 14, it says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are no longer under law, but under grace. So surely the Lord would make a way for her, for her to do the impossible. Isn't that something? Well, we can consider the, what the Lord did there in Mark, the sixth chapter. You can make a note of that. Mark 6, verses 35 through 45. We see here um, that uh, the disciples or the Lord Jesus and the disciples were, were there with a multitude of people. And this is where really where Matthew picks up in 14, chapter 14. They were with a great multitude of people and the disciples told Jesus, Lord, it's late. And we're here in a desert place. There's no McDonald's or Chick-fil-A around here anywhere. Lord, no subway either. No Ryan's, no Golden Corral. Lord, send the people away so they can get themselves something to eat in the villages. Hmm, you telling me. Isn't it something how the disciples got nerves to begin to command Jesus? Lord, send them away. Who, who, you're pretty big for your britches now, aren't you? Send them away so you can go get you, so they can get themselves something to eat. Jesus comes back. You give them something to eat. Seems to be an impossible command. All of these people out here, and Jesus tells them, commands them, you give them something to eat. And they frantically say, Lord, all we have is a few fish and some loaves. That's all we have. Jesus said, uh-huh, bring them to me. Have the people sit down and boom. He does the 
impossible before them. Isn't that something? He never intended them to do the impossible without him. Let's consider another. The Lord said in John, the fifth chapter, John 5, you can make note of this, John 5, verses 5 through 9, we see here an invalid, a man that was sick for 38 years on his bed at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus comes up to him and says, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be healed? The man says, look, I got nobody. He says, sir, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool when the water is troubled. Jesus said, do you want to be made whole? Look, I told you, man, I don't have anybody to pick me up and take me down there. If I could, if I had the strength, I would have done it myself already. Then Jesus commands him to do the impossible. Get up, take up your bed and walk. My legs are not working. They're not working. He tells them, do the impossible. Get up. Pick up your bed. Go. What happens? He gets up. After 38 years. 38 years. Of saying, nobody's going to help me. Nobody's helping me. 38 years. He commands him to get up and he gets up. Well, consider the man with the withered, with the withered arm. As they were there, I believe in, and, uh, and also in the book of John, and he came into the meeting and the Pharisees saw this man with the withered arm and wondered if Jesus was going to heal on the Sabbath day. And Jesus looked and said, hey, uh, he, he knew their thoughts and said, is a sheep better than a man? And which of you having a sheep, if, if the sheep falls into the ditch, will not go and get that sheep out of the out of the ditch on the Sabbath day? They hushed. Then Jesus told the man, stretch forth your hand, stretch forth your arm. What? Stretch it forth. Do the impossible. And what happened? The man stretched it out and it became whole like the other. He asked him to do the impossible, but he never intended him to do the impossible without him. And oh, and I love one of my favorites. I love this one. I just love it. When the Lord says in um, John, the 11th chapter, verse 34 through uh, uh, verse or rather 43 through 44. You can look at it later where a man has been dead for four days and he commands the man to do the impossible. Come forth. That's Lazarus. He's dead. If anybody can't do it, if anybody is impossible, he is dead. And so Jesus calls, he commands the dead man, get up from the grave. Come out of here. And he sure got up in his bed clothes. And he came out and then he told the others, loose him and let him go. He commands the impossible things. He is the master of the impossible. But remember, he never intends for you to do the impossible without him. You say, Lord, I just can't do it. It's just too big a task. It's just too many people. It's just too many variables. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough favor. I don't have enough clout. I don't have enough influence. It's just too big, too big when undertaking. Me, who me? I don't have the right education. I, I, I don't have it. You want me to go? Go. But he never intends you to do the impossible without him. He is the one who makes the impossible possible as a matter of fact in the book of mark the ninth chapter verse 23 the lord said if thou can believe 
all things are possible to him that believes. If you can believe, there's a problem believing, isn't it? When we have to look outside of ourselves and see the bigness of God. I tell you, the other night I was looking outside, it was nighttime, and I saw the stars up there, and I began to wonder, the, the thought just hit me, Lord, you are so big, you are so big, and I looked up in the sky, and I, and I began to think, maybe I can see your face, but no, he's bigger than that, I began to look at how black the, the sky was, and I began to think, Lord, I'm looking into your pupil. He's bigger than that. Are you hearing me? Oh, I'm seeing your pupil. Whoa. You know, the, the black part of your eye, you know, that's the pupil. Whoa. You are huge. Why would I be afraid when you are on my side and I am on your side? And if you're, if you're for me, who can be against me? Wow, you're huge. I hope you caught that revelation about that. The Lord said, if you can believe, if you can believe, you can, you, you can send to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that those things that you say will come to pass, you'll have whatsoever you say. Amen. He says in Matthew, Matthew 17, verse number 20, and the latter part of that, he says, nothing shall be impossible unto you. I love that. He's the master at calling you to do, commanding us to do the impossible. But he never intends for us to do the impossible without him. Are you hearing? Now let's go back again to Matthew 14. Matthew 14. Let's look at something that the Lord commands that is impossible. Let's look at it. Let's look at verse number uh, 28. And Peter answered him and said, and, and said, Lord, if it be thou, if that is in fact you, Lord Jesus, if that is you, if that's you, bid me, the word bid, the word bid means to command. Command me to come unto you on the water. This is something that is impossible. When a man we say, well, I understand Jesus. He's God. Hallelujah. He's all God, yet and still all man. Hallelujah. I understand him walking. But every time I try to walk on the water myself, whoosh, every single time, every single time, every single time, I can't even walk on my bath water. Every single time, I just go straight on down. It defies the law of gravity. It, every, I, I, I can't defy the law of gravity. Every time, I just whoosh, straight on down. Peter asked the Lord for something impossible. Command me to come unto you on the water. And Jesus issued a command. Come. And when he issued a command, he never intended Peter to do it by himself. So Peter, as you know, begins to walk. Now, I want you to notice some things here. If you notice here in this chapter, the Bible says something that is very clear. Look at verse number 24. It says, but the ship was in the midst of the what? Anybody reading with me? Matthew 14, 24. What does that say? But the ship was in the midst of the what? See, all right, verse 25. And the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came unto them walking on the what? 
walking on the sea. Do you see that? The ship was in the midst of the sea, in the middle of the sea. Jesus came walking to them on the sea. Verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea. Three times he's used the word sea. Isn't that correct? When they saw him walking on the sea, they were, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of a good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And verse 28, And Peter answered him, saying, Answered him, and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto you on the water. I'm glad some of you said sea. Because your mind would want to go to sea. But Jesus did not, but Peter did not, did not ask to walk on the sea. He asked to walk on the water. Well, what is the difference? The sea is the major body, the, the major body, the, the large body of water. That is everything. And Jesus had complete control on the sea. This, this is a demonstration or a snapshot, we can say, or panoramic view of his sovereign rule. He controls it all. Boom. The entire ocean. He controls everything. When he steps, all of it is under his control. Peter sees that and understands, I can't control it all, but let me control just that little bit of water. Give me authority to operate just in my region, just in my area, just in the things that I can comprehend. I can comprehend water, but I can't comprehend sea. I can comprehend my little world, but I can't comprehend the universe, the cosmos being in control of that. So, Lord, bid me to come unto you on the water. Jesus says, all right, come. And Peter gets out of the boat and he begins to walk on the water, not the sea, but the water. Jesus gives him authority to operate in his realm of influence in the thing that Peter could comprehend and understand. What happens? Peter gets out there and he begins to walk on the, on the water. Come on, say with me, on the, on the, come on, open your mouth, on the, he begins to walk on the water. And so he gets out there and it is working. It's working. The word of God is working. His faith is working for a time. Because you will never be able to sustain a great move of God by yourself alone, by your faith alone. You're going to need him. You're going to need your helper to help you through this thing. And so Peter gets out here and the Bible says that when he began to see, or let's read that, let's read that. Verse number 30. It says, but when he saw, say saw. When he saw the what? When he saw the wind, what? Bolsterous. Now, here's something very peculiar, and I pray that you go with me today for the short time that we have. Because this is an experience that some of you will also undertake. Peter is still under pressure. The disciples are still under pressure. Same boat, same sea, same wind, same waves. The pressure is still there. But yet and still, he asked God to do something impossible in his impossible situation. He has a unique opportunity to see God in another way that he's never seen before. When pressure comes to you, when an impossible situation comes to you, you then have a unique opportunity to see another side of God. 
You have a unique opportunity that is not present in any other in any other moment. When you're at your lowest, when you're on the bottom, when you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, when you're licking the bottom of the barrel, when there's nothing else there, when the car is running on fumes of fumes of fumes, you have a unique opportunity to see God in a way that you've never seen him before. So don't curse the moment. Just say, Lord, y'all know you're here somewhere. And you're going to give me the opportunity to see you in another reality. Well, what does Peter do? He takes advantage. One out of 12 takes advantage of the situation. One out of 12. Look at those odds. One out of 12 takes advantage. One out of 12 in the church takes advantage of the situation. And he talks to Jesus in the middle of his storm It says, bid me come. What Jesus says, come. He responds. And he walks on the water. But the Bible says that when he saw, the word saw, actually it does mean to see, but it also means, it means to understand, to comprehend. But it also means to have the power of sight. When he saw, he had the power to see something now that he did not see before. His eyes were open. What did he see? He saw wind. Now, somebody tell me, when's the last time you saw wind? When's the last time you saw air? Are you hearing me? When you see air, you say, well, I saw the fog out there. Well, that's some water molecules. They're in the air, and they're doing the water molecule-y things. And, And you can see it. I saw the smoke. Well, that's the smoke. That's, you know, air is invisible. Wind is actually invisible. You may see its effects. You see the wind pushing the leaves against against stuff, but you don't see it. But now Peter has an experience with God and he's able to see something that he hasn't been able to see before. He sees wind. What's happening here? He's been, he's beginning to see something. He's beginning to see the thing. That was troubling him. Just a moment ago, he was on the boat troubled and crying out for fear and trying to row and trying to trying to make it to the destination where Jesus had called them. Just a few moments ago, he was fighting against something that he could not see. The disciples, now the disciples, the 11 back in the boat, all they could do was fight against it. But now Peter could see what he was fighting against. Are you hearing? God gave him another perspective. Sometimes we've got to step away from the thing to see everything that is there, to see a complete view. He was able to step away and see the thing that had been tormenting him. The Bible says that he, when he saw the wind, and the wind is personified here, he saw the wind boisterous. And boisterous means strong. It means mighty. It means violent. It means uh, forcefully uttered. It means firm. It means sure. When he saw the might, he saw the mightiness of the wind. Now we know that the devil is the prince of the power of the air who stirs up the air, who stirs up confusion round about. And so Peter was able to get out and able to see those powers in operation. And actually, and we see them when he actually saw it, it terrified the stuffings out of him. It terrified him so much that he that his faith began to wane and waver and the impossible rather and the possible then because he was stepping on the word of God. The impossible then became impossible and he began to sink. What he saw terrified him. The Lord Jesus allowed him to see it. 
Now, if they had seen this on the boat, they sure would have gotten out and swam away a long time ago. On the boat, they were afraid, but they were not terrified. Are you seeing? So the Lord allowed Peter to see what he was protecting them from. Now, understand something. I want you to grab a real good hold on this. Because the Lord will allow you to see if you if you can if you allow him to pull you out of yourself just for a moment in so many words. He will allow you to see just how bad your situation really is. You think it's bad. You think you're having a tough time. You think you're having a horrible time. But you don't see how God is shielding you from the real bad part of it. Until you step out and see oh God I didn't know all that was going on. He will allow you the opportunity to step out of it and see everything that is actually going on in your life. You'll see what should have happened to you, but didn't. You see what could have happened to you, but didn't. You see what uh, what would have happened to you, but didn't. You'll see what actually happened in that car wreck. What actually happened at that time. When he allows you to step outside and look back. Oh, you were faint. You will fall to your knees. But yet and still, here we are on the boat. Oh, God, you don't love me. Oh, God, you don't care about me. Oh, God, oh, God. God said, if you could only see what I see, how I'm, how my arms are extended over you, keeping back all the things that you cannot handle, that you cannot imagine, I'm still with you, protecting you, and watching over you, and I will not allow that thing that you cannot control, that thing that, that you cannot handle, to come upon you. I'll shield you from it. And so here we are worrying. Oh God, I got this. Oh God, I got that. But God said, if you could only see what I see. If you could only see what I see. And so here we are whining and complaining and belly aching, this and that, this and that and the other. If you could see what would have happened, what God is stopping from happening, you would praise him. You would give him glory. You would magnify his name. You would truly exalt him. Hallelujah. You would truly give him glory. If you could just come out of yourself and see the magnificence of what God is actually holding back from you. Hallelujah. He's holding these things back. The Lord Jesus asked Peter here, he asked him that question. If we look just further on down and we're beginning to close. Jesus says, or the scripture says, immediately when Peter cried out, Lord, save me. I've seen something that has scared the heebie-jeebies out of me. I have seen it. I see what was actually happening. When I kept getting sick, I see what was actually happening. And some people had the testimony. They didn't know what was actually wrong. One brother I know, he didn't know what was actually wrong until his family called him. Daddy, go to the hospital. Daddy, go to the hospital. And daddy finally went to the hospital and found out, hey, there was something really wrong. And something should have happened to you, but it did not. God had his arms extended and you didn't know it but he was keeping you all the while so many have that testimony you really don't know how much he loves you and how much he's keeping from you and all we can do sometimes is complain 
my Jesus. The Bible says here, verse 31, and immediately the Lord stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, here's the question, wherefore didst thou doubt? Doubt what? What was Peter doubting? He was actually doubting Jesus' ability to keep him safe in the midst of a trouble or horrible or horrifying situation. He was doubting the Lord, maybe doubting the Lord's love and compassion for him. That doubt is what caused him to sink. And when you're under pressure, when you're under a sudden attack, you can begin to doubt if the Lord loves you. You can begin to doubt if he is, if he is hearing your prayers. You can begin to doubt if he's even with you or not. Jesus said you were doing it. Why did you doubt? I'm here. And the Bible says that they both, as he picked them up, as he picked Peter up, now Peter has the strength. Now, the distance from the boat, I guess I will draw. Yes, I know. Praise the Lord. And here they are. The disciples are rowing. Ah! And all that stuff. And here's a troubling sea. And here is the Lord Jesus there. Praise the Lord. He's walking on the sea. Praise the Lord. He's walking on the sea. Now, the, this distance here and this distance here, I'm not sure how far that distance is that Peter actually walked. We don't know how far he actually walked. But somewhere in the midst of this walk, he sank. But he sank, he began to sink close enough to Jesus where Jesus could reach his hand and grab him. So he was almost there. Isn't that right? He was almost there. Now, he tripped going this way, but on the way back, he had a perfect journey. Why? Because he had his helper with him then. Remember, the Lord said, I will give you another comforter, another comforter. Comforter means helper. I'll give you another helper. So Jesus is his helper. And as long as he was walking with Jesus, he could continue to do the impossible. Hallelujah. As long as he was walking with Jesus, Jesus would make up for his mistakes. Don't worry about it. Just keep on with me. I got you. I got you. I got you. Lord, I fell in sin again. I got you. I got you. I got you. Lord, I cursed him out by accident. No, you didn't. But I got you. I got you. I got you. Everything going to be all right. Everything going to be all right. Just keep repenting. Keep looking at me everything gonna be just fine going toward the Lord he had a command but his helper was not with him going back he has a command and his helper is with him and they together are doing the impossible isn't that something and we see finally praise the Lord as we conclude we see finally they get back to the ship and once they step on board let's look at this Verse 20, verse uh, 32. And when they were coming to the ship, it says, when they, when they, say they. When they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. The wind ceased. This is a wonderful picture here. This is a picture, the whole thing is a picture of troubled humanity. Troubled humanity stuck out there in the middle of nowhere trying to do God's will. And the father sends his son over into the matter. And if they would just receive him and walk with him, he would calm the storm in their lives. And that's exactly what's happening today. 
If you just receive the Lord into your life and walk with him. You see, Peter had the, he was physically removed from the Lord. But we will never be removed from him. Amen. Never. Remember, Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the comforter won't come. But if I go, he will come. And he said he will never leave us nor forsake us. That means to us that every step we take will always be secure, always be firm as we keep our trust in him. I pray for the word of God today. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.